University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkway. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. All right, a little hint into our conversation this morning. We'll talk about the challenges and joys of parenting. For this, take a look at the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4. Now, Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament, between the book of Numbers and Joshua. It seems weird uh, to turn to Deuteronomy, of all books, to navigate a conversation around parenting, uh, because it's a book that centers on uh, the, the Hebrew people wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. But I don't think there's a better metaphor for parenting than wandering in the wilderness trying to figure out what you're doing for a period of 40 years. Our text this morning is called the Shema. It's a call to hear and to listen. Maybe a great place to start a conversation. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 reads this way. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give to you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, there are very few things in this world that annoy me. The first is the certain use of certain words, like the word moist. That is just a gross word. Please do your best never to use the word moist in front of me, which I know with our congregation that means today, at least 20 times before I leave today, somebody's going to whisper in my ear the word moist. The other thing is, uh, is those parents that, that try to tell you how to parent your child. Uh, let's take, for example, um, when you're expecting a child, everybody all of a sudden wants to come up to you and give you all the parental advice, all the wisdom of all the years they had. They want to pour into you as if children aren't all different. My favorite moments uh, came recently. I was in the grocery store, and our oldest, Madison, was sitting inside the grocery cart where you're supposed to put the groceries. And uh, our middle child, our, there's not another one on the way, our other child, Aubriana, <laughs> sorry, uh, was sitting in the other section, and this mom came walking up to me, and she was like, they're not supposed to sit in there. That's where the groceries were supposed to go. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. I really appreciate the wisdom you shared on me today. Uh, recently, we were traveling as a family, and the girls were riding on the luggage cart as we were trying to get up to our hotel room, and this woman came running up to us like we were racing at Mach 1 speed high on heroin, telling us, you've got to be careful with them on these things. You see, when I read this text from the book of Deuteronomy, I feel like my immediate impulses to put up my guard to be like, well, don't tell me how to parent, immediately come up. What is the author trying to say? What is trying to be conveyed in this moment? It's, it's not this idea of shoving this onto your children. The Hebrew word here is shanan, which literally translates to, to sharpen or to pierce. That sounds really excessive. But what is trying to be said here is to, to teach, to impress, 
to, to journey with your children and to teach them these things as you walk along the way. The narrator is challenging parents to contemplate that they should bring their children onto faith's journey. And that's a very difficult pill for us to swallow. What we need to realize is parents and grandchildren, you are the primary pastoral care providers for your children and grandchildren. I know that sounds really hard to consider, but you are the primary pastoral care providers to your children. Now, back in 2010, soon uh, after the initial excitement of being told that we were going to be parents, I remember just a reality check setting in. My Lord, me, I am about to be a parent. I'm going to mess this up. I have a lifetime, uh, lifetime disease called foot and mouth syndrome, and so I know I'm going to pass this on to my children. They're going to get in trouble in class like I've done in my entire life. And on top of that, we found out that we were going to be having a little girl. I've spent a lifetime not understanding women. The intelligence of women is like way up in the rafters, and my intelligence is like way down here in the deep crypts of life. I don't understand this. I remember the pressure and struggle of realizing that I was going to be a parent. And so as we think about these words of Scripture that are saying to us, teach, impress, guide your children, I don't know about you, but it scares the life out of me. The thought that I'm the one that's responsible, that I have to step up and to nurture my children, to love them, to show them what's right and what's wrong. The great American novelist John Steinbeck wrote, perhaps it takes courage to raise children. And so what is trying to be conveyed through this text today? I think what we should learn is that we should live in the way of Jesus before our children. The whole purpose of this text, the Shema, is to invite someone to devote their entire life to love God with their whole self. Not just this religious compartmentalized thing off to the side, but it's an invitation to take your heart and your mind and your soul and devote yourself to this God who is inviting you to come and to follow Jesus. And so that we, means we, we ought to live out the way in front of our children. Now, does that mean that it's going to be difficult? Yes. Does that mean that we're really going to mess it up at times? Absolutely. But that is what it truly means to show your children what it looks like to follow in the way of Jesus. It's not a path of perfection and self-righteousness. It's a path of humility and mistakes and grace and mercy. So parents, I challenge you to, to not just think about presenting Jesus to your children as an act of religious facade, but to truly live your life each day journeying with Christ to show them the ups and the downs. And that means that we should be honest and we should be open and we should be transparent and we should be gracious. Will we have stupid moments in life? Yes. But in these moments, we should be open and honest and transparent and own our mistakes in front of our children to teach them about right and wrong, to teach them that there are mistakes and consequences, but more importantly, to teach them that there is this overwhelming grace and mercy that comes from Christ. We should live lives that are transparent and our mistakes, that faith is messy, that Faith is not black and white, but there are gray areas of questions that we don't always have the answers to. I remember as a kid asking my parents, like, what do you mean we're eating the body and blood of Jesus? <laughs> and the look on my parents' face, like, oh, no, you just asked that question. 
It's okay to wrestle through these questions with your children. More importantly, it's okay to say, I don't know. Can I get back with you on this? That's what it means to live lives of honesty and transparency. And more importantly, we need to learn that as we find mistakes in our life, as children make mistakes, as we make mistakes, that we have the model of a God who is not judgmental, a God that does not condemn us, but we see a God that lavishes us in grace and mercy. Jesus didn't tell the story of the prodigal sons and the severely judgmental father. He tells the story of a father who experiences the brokenness of both his sons, one who was outwardly and visibly broken and one who was inwardly and self-righteously broken, yet this father embraces both of them with unbelievable grace. God will go to absurd ends to show us God's love, so we ought to do the same for our children. Three years old for me seems ages ago. It was 32 years ago, to almost be exact. But at three years old, I remember learning how to fish. Of course, does anybody remember the Let's Go Fishing game? You had that little plastic, tiny rod and the thing that rotated and the little fish that, that grabbed onto the rod. And eventually I went to church, and at church they had that fishing game where you throw the fishing line through and somebody would clip candy on the other side, and then you pull it through and you felt like the greatest thing ever. But then eventually my parents actually took me fishing. Come to find out years later, they actually took us to a uh, low-security prison farm, (laughs) and that's where I learned to fish for the first time. Uh, There's a lot of stuff there to unpack that we'll talk about now. But I'll never forget this day because I caught my first fish. And then the fish actually stung me. It was a catfish. And then a few minutes later, a wasp stung me. And so my first day fishing was one of the worst days of my childhood. But what my parents did on that day was they actually took me and physically helped me learn how to do this thing that they had been teaching me. And that has left to a lifetime experience of learning how to deep sea fish nearly getting my finger cut off by a catfish when I was a teenager, fishing around the world, taking other people fishing for the first time, and now to teach my children. You see, the challenge from this text is for us to to teach our children, to impress upon them this holistic and beautiful invitation of God. Parenting is a very difficult matter, matter, no matter what the error. And today's parenting is navigating while being in the busiest culture that has ever walked the face of the earth. From ball leagues to dance practice, from cheer competitions to travel soccer, from AP classes to band, from chaos to chaos. So much of this commission of the parents from the Shema centers around a conversation of going along the way with them. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. Maybe the modernization of this passage should be, sharpie this on their dance bags and add it to your Google calendar. So to take your child on faith's journey, you need to teach them about God, to journey with them along the way. This means we teach our children about this magnificent story of God and how we are involved in this story. This means that we expose our children to opportunities in which they are able to serve as Christ served. Not to live in this individualized, self-centric Christianity that's so common in our day and age, but to give of ourselves to other people. This means that we teach our children 
what the way of Jesus is, and we put it into action each day. Yesterday, uh, Jennifer signed us up for me to take the girls to Home Depot where you can go and you can build these little crafts on Saturday morning. The key for me was to find out I didn't have to be there at like 7.30 on a Saturday morning. So we actually slept in. And so we went and we had this awesome morning. We built this craft and then we bought stuff to build uh, Jennifer, uh, it's not a surprise, this gift for her Mother's Day, the swinging pergola in our backyard. And then uh, somewhere in the day, I finally threw a pork shoulder on the smoker and was going to smoke it while I was working in the backyard all day. And then we went swimming as a family. And then we sat down to start eating dinner and I started cutting into the pork shoulder and something smelled really foul. Come to find out, uh, apparently right in the middle of the pork shoulder was a cyst. (laughs) And as to best describe it, it was like a hard-boiled egg, except it was a cyst. (laughs) It was really as gross as is imagined. And it was one of these difficult moments where I had to make a decision of, do I cut around it and serve the rest of the meat to my family, or did it like saturate into the rest of it? What do we do in this moment? Some of y'all are getting really hungry for lunch. And so I had a decision to make. We tossed it. And we had a meatless dinner. But it was a moment, much like this text is challenging us, to be mindful of the things that we present to our children, of the things that not only we serve at the table, literally, but what are we writing on the door frames of our house? The text tells us to consider What are you writing on the door frames of your house, on your gates, binding them to your foreheads and to your hands? The narrator is trying to challenge us not to maybe necessarily physically write on the door frames of our home. And so this is not an invitation for you to go to Lifeway Christian Bookstore and buy all those cheesy adhesive wall scriptures and plaques to put all over your house. No offense if you did buy those things. They are going out of business, and so you have to do it quickly if you're going to. But maybe think of it this way. What things do you watch and listen to? What things do you talk about around your house? What are you writing on the door frames of your homes, in the interior of your cars, in the contents of your phones and Apple TVs, tailgating ball fields, studios, rehearsal halls, and on and on? What are we writing on the door frames of our home? Imagine what it would look like to write the story of God and how you are a part of that story within their lives. And the last thing I want us to hear from this morning is this. Parenting is so difficult. Grandparenting is so difficult. Being caregivers is so difficult, but we do not do this alone. This is the gift of the church. The book of Acts describes the first church as an authentic faith community that didn't gather just for corporate worship, but they ate meals together, they shared possessions with one another, they strived to live life well together, they actually engaged in conflict and found a way to work through it together. And so what I want you to hear this morning is this, UBC is making a commitment to you as parents and grandparents to care for you, to nurture you, to provide you the resources to be the best person that God has created you to be. And we want to journey alongside you and help care and raise your children with you. We're going to continue to raise up and empower leaders to help us live out this vision to to help you and to journey alongside you. We're going to continue to seek out new leaders, people who can journey beside you and build relationships and coaching and mentoring you. 
Forming children and students requires more volunteers than we can even imagine. On a given month, nearly 100 people in this church dedicate themselves to spiritual formation and Mother's Day out, dinner and plays, family tree cafe and indoor play, transformed Highland reading friends, church-wide gatherings and special events. One of the first priorities we've made in the last nine months is we looked at the giftedness and creativity of someone like Deb McElgin and said, we need to secure her for a long period. And so we took her from being a director of children's ministry to be a minister of children and young families to harness her creativity. We have someone like Kim Kwan's leadership who continues to give the Mother's Day Out program sustainability and excellence. She empowers the best child care and education staff in Baton Rouge. And teachers and TAs of the MDO, our children and our families are better because of you. We hope to continue to enhance and expand our MDO program to reach more families and to care for those who are needed to be a part of this program. We've taken the initiative like the Family Tree Cafe from this seasonal operation to offering five days a week a safe space for people to come and play and get free coffee and do some work. Each week, 50 to 100 people come into the cafe. This spring, we started an academy for families interested in exposing their children to soccer. We had over 35 children registered. This fall, we want to expand that to over 80 children, and we're going to need at least 15 coaches and hospitality volunteers to make that a reality. This winter, we want to offer an arts academy in January that allows children to learn singing and acting and creative arts and dancing and more. We need creative and giving people to foster imagination within young people. Our youth ministry has been enriched the last 12 months because of Chance Lee Corson, who has so dedicated herself to expanding and growing the lives of teenagers and their parents. We are positioning our staff to enhance the work of children and youth and college students because they are not the future of the church. They are the church now. We want to expand our ministry to care for children and their families, to care for youth and their families now and in the chapters to come. And so what I want you to hear from this text this morning is this. Parents, take up the commission of God. Take responsibility for your faith journey. Live out the way of Jesus before your children. UBC, take up the commission of God. Love these parents. Nurture them in faith. Nurture their children. May we be a faith community that steps out together into the dream that God has in store for us.